Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Peace Talks. It's a Heather day. Yay. I'm going to be doing most of the talking. We don't have any snacks. No, I have coffee, though, because coffee houses make an appearance. This is about coffee houses? No. Okay, that's They good. just make a fleeting appearance. Fleeting appearance? Yes. So You try to use a big word. It sounds weird. What, fleeting? Fleeting is not a big that's word. That's a very big word. <laughs> it's really that's not. Like, that's like a, it's like a, it's like a $5 word. It's, it's like a $2 word. Okay. All right. So I have been talking with some of my coworkers because I'm on a reading committee because I'm a teacher. And we talk about the we talk kind about of false narrative that we put around historical figures where they're viewed as perfect when they're really, really very human. And they make a lot of mistakes and do a lot of stupid things. Side note, I've also been watching Feud. On I Hulu. Know, I don't even know what that is. It's, it was the one with uh, Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. Susan oh, yeah, Sarandon I don't was care. playing Betty Davis. Yeah, you don't, you don't care about that. It's, it's a They're TV show. They're all terrible show. people. They're all terrible people. It's a TV show about old Hollywood feuds. And I thought, you know what's fascinating? The Robert Hook v. Isaac Newton feud. Why do I know Hook before? I know that name. Hook Springlaw? Maybe. Invented a microscope? That's where I think I know him from. Okay, yeah. Robert Hook was a. Uh, very, very famous scientist. And Thomas Edison? No. Who'd you say? Newton. Newton. <laughs> Isaac, sir, Isaac Newton. <laughs> I got confused. Newtonian physics, man. Thomas Edison was an asshole, though, too. Yes. He stole stuff so from the So many office. people were terrible. Stole stuff from everybody. So many of these people are so petty. People it's, be like, what is so this? Sad. Oh, I'm taking this because I okay. work at the patent office. So, that was Albert Einstein. No, that was him, right? Didn't Thomas Edison work at the patent office? I first read about this feud in Wonders Beyond Numbers, A Brief History of All Things Mathematical by Johnny Ball. And you I and thought, yeah, I love it. It's a great book. Highly I, recommend. I doubt I won't Five out it. of five stars. I'm not going to read it. Then I did some additional research to kind of fill in the story. And I thought it would be fun. We are going to put the sources in the show notes. Yes, Eric's rolling his eyes. He doesn't like citing sources. They're dumb. I know I'm a librarian, too. I'm supposed to do that. I know. I you really it. are. You're a librarian. You're supposed to, like, hold really the line care. on plagiarism. No, it's fine. They know it's a podcast. Because everybody's doing, like, chat GTP what... for everything anyway. Yeah, so, you can no. say whatever you want to talk about. Like, no, I don't want to spread lies. I want to gossip about people who have been dead for how many hundreds pages, of years. How many pages is this? Like, five. Okay. We'll see, okay. long, we'll see how long this takes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Starting off with Robert Hook, because he is our lesser-known character. Most how people... does he spell Hook? H-O-O-K-E. That's what I thought. Yeah. Because I remember. Okay. He was born in 1635 in Freshwater on the Isle of Wight. W-I-G-H-T. The Isle uh, of Wight. There's he a lot was of, a lot the of battles on that. youngest of four kids. Two girls, two boys. His father's name was John Hook and he was an Anglican priest, as were his two paternal uncles. His mother was named Cecily Giles Hook and he was an incredibly sickly child. They did not think Robert was ever going to survive. Uh, he suffered from severe headaches. He, got rickets. he was just really, really frail. Oh, no, no. Um, his father went ahead and taught him English and grammar and divinity, but otherwise his education was neglected. They did not send him to school. They because didn't pay was... for any money because they thought he was just going to die. They wow. thought he was a waste of money. And Awful so, parents. Well, I mean, that it's 1630s. Everybody yeah, they was they dying. Passed 30 anyway. Like, we'll just have 50 kids and hope that maybe two of them like make 13 it. or 14, and then you try to have as many kids as possible. Yeah, yeah, it was so, yeah. That's what they did. So glad we don't Because that was normal, and you're like, that doesn't make it better. <laughs> <laughs> so since he was regularly left alone and neglected, uh, he started making himself little toys. That's to cool. make little mechanical toys. Once in a shop, he saw a brass clock being built, and he decided he was going to reproduce it out of wood. What? And he actually moved. He made a wooden clock? He made a wooden clock. He made it all himself, and it actually ticked. It didn't keep great time, but it, the pieces did move and sync up. Oh, that's cool. So he, he was a mechanical genius. Okay. So in 1648, John 13. Hook... 
Robert's father died. Huh? Yeah, he was just 13. And Robert inherited 50 pounds. <gasps> 40 from... Back in 600? Yeah, that's like, a lot of money. I don't know what that, that would That be. was enough for a 13-year-old to feel confident moving to London by himself. That's, well, that's, he had 13. Time to move on. Yeah. Try to be an adult. He, he got a job <laughs> working for an artist named Peter Lely. Very famous painter. And unfortunately, I've the never heard smell of, of the oils only made Hook's headaches worse. Ah. So he had to give up a lot of spatial reasoning skills from a very young age. He thought painting is a great job. But he could not handle the scent of any of the paints. They still haven't decided. They still haven't gotten to the root of what causes those headaches. Nope, everything. not at all. Never. Are did. they going to? No. <sighs> that would drive me crazy. Live with severe headaches his whole life. That doesn't make any sense. There's yeah. got to be a reason for that. And scoliosis. He's going to be a hunchback. Oh my gosh! Do so, they have pictures of him? Well, we're Paintings. gonna we're gonna get into that. So he enrolled at Westminster School, where he learned Latin and Greek as well as Euclid's elements. And he also learned how to play the organ. Oh, Euclid. Yes, Euclidean geometries. Yes. Greeks love the theoretical math. Yeah. So this is where he began his lifelong study of mechanics. Now, in 1653, he secured a place at Christ Church, Oxford. He received a full tuition and housing, but he had to work as both an organist and a servitor in order to keep his position. They mentioned that on uh, Ted Lasso. Christchurch. Yeah, Christchurch is one of the schools. That was one of the schools. I go to Christchurch. Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. we liked Ted Lasso. It was a great show. But yeah. well, um, he did not officially matriculate until 1658. And while he was a student at Oxford, he was employed as the assistant to Dr. Thomas Willis, who was a member of the Oxford Philosophical Club. This was a, a new club at Oxford that was supposed to be arguing natural philosophy and theology and whatnot. And mm. so he, Hook was getting a great education. He was able to attend the club because he was an assistant, and he went on to form a lot of friendships that would eventually become the nucleus of the Royal Society for the improvement of natural knowledge and experiment. So this is where all the great scientists were going to eventually land in the Royal Society. Okay. Christopher Wren, who is a noted astronomer and architect, uh, who helped to rebuild 52 different churches after the Great Fire of London in 1666. This is the Renaissance, right? Yeah. Okay. The, well, the Reconstruction. Oh, okay. It will, be, it? it will be the Reconstruction soon. Is that before or after the Renaissance? Uh, I think it's after. Okay. So most notably, uh, Christopher Wren built St. Paul's Cathedral, and he became one of Hook's closest friends. Um, Hook also became a co-experimenter to Boyle. On paper, he was officially Boyle's assistant. Boyle's Law? Yeah, Boyle's Law, as in that Boyle. That's As pretty cool. Like, That's the pressure Let's love one, right? chemistry, yeah. The pressure? Physics and chemistry. The... Still remember that after yes! 30 years. So long since you've been years. in high school. 20 but years. it was known that Hook developed the air years. pump that made Boyle's experiments possible. What? So Boyle would not have been able to do any of his gas pressure, pressure experiments without what? Hook inventing the air pump. But he didn't tell, but he didn't include him in his notes? We're, we're going to get to this. Are they going to fight? They're going to fight. And so, it's going to be awesome. Something cool Hook is graduated happen. in 1662 with a Master's of Arts degree and a strong reputation as a scientist, philosopher, and inventor. The Royal Society was officially founded in 1660 and received its royal charter in 1662, so right around the time that Hook was graduating. On November 12th of 1962, Hook was named the Curator of Experiments for the Royal Society. This meant that Hook was in charge of checking, demonstrating, and improving all scientific studies and experiments for publication. So not only was he a great mechanic, he had a wide berth of knowledge. So his, his job was to look at people's experiments and, 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 re, re, and then do them again and yeah, then see make if sure they that they were actually real experiments and That's that they actually worked. And this was hard. anyone who wanted to submit anything for publication through the That's the, 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 the whole day. 
That's, yeah, it's a lot of work. He was also teaching geometry at Gresham College. What? How does yes. he have time to do all this? He, he was very, very smart. But he's sickly. He shouldn't be he's doing that. He's sickly. He's going to die at like 22. <laughs> he's already over 22. Right? So at 1663, he was elected a fellow with the Royal 28. Society. But unfortunately, the Royal Society didn't have any money. They really? had a royal charter, but they didn't have any kind of real steady income. Okay. So a man named Sir John Cutler decided to give an annual gratuity of 50 pounds to the Royal Society Whoa. for the funding of for the founding of a mechanic lecture at Gresham College. So Hook was able to receive a paycheck for being the curator and also get some money for doing this lecturing. So he got to lecture at Gresham College while he was also, you know, being the curator. He, he had a lot to do. He was a busy dude. So he's earning about 80 pounds a year at this point. That's all? Mm-hmm. That's kind of... For, for the amount of work he's doing, yeah. That doesn't seem very much. But the majority of Hook's wealth came in 1666 because he performed over half of the property surveys after London's Great Fire. Whoa. So he got paid to do He those? got paid per survey and he did about half of them Whoa. after the Great Fire of London in 1666 and assisted in the rapid reconstruction with his buddy Wren. Christopher Wren, remember the architect. Who comes up again later too? Is that spelled W R E N? Yes. Ha ha! Yeah, you know how to spell stuff. Well, yeah. All right. I was fourth grade spelling bee champion. So he, <laughs> Hook, also invented a lot of tools as part of the testing. What ones do we use today? The compound microscope. Okay. He was one of the first two scientists to discover microorganisms. One of two. One of two. Yeah. They didn't know microorganisms. They did not know thing? it prior to that time. He what? was one of the first ones to actually develop the microscope and look at them. So is while, that where we get? Did they, they didn't know about water bears though yet, right? No, I don't think so. Water bears are cool, you guys. Look those up. Yeah, go look up water bears right now and then come back. All right. Yeah. So we'll <laughs> <laughs> come back. Yeah, just, they're awesome. I'm sure you're driving right now. And you're so, like, yeah. why? Why <laughs> do we need to look at water bears? Why are you bears? so off topic all the time? All why, right. And why do they look like bears? <laughs> that's what's so creepy about it. It's like it's a very good term for what they are. You're like that's a microorganism. So Hook was that's certainly right. accomplished and very, very intelligent, mm -hmm. but he was also hated oh, by no. almost everyone who met him. Why? Was he, he was he was a real jerk. Was he an ass? Yeah, like, he I'm really better, was. Because I'm better than everybody else because I'm the one that has to look at so your experiment. So according to, to Richard Waller's biography, uh, Hook is described as melancholy, mistrustful, and jealous. What? And he had a tendency to claim credit for most scientific discoveries. Wow. Even if he didn't get them. Was it true? Uh, no, he was in charge of... He's a thief like Thomas Edison. Yeah, he was a thief like Thomas Edison. He was also... People would submit stuff for and publication and then he would say, I okay, you're it. technically right, but I can do it better. So he would take their initial designs and then improve them and then sell his improved version of whatever what? they did. What? You can't do so that. So he did that a lot. That's not cool. In 1675, uh, Council of the Royal Society actually considered a motion to have him expelled because of his yes. envious and vengeful behavior, but it did not pass. Because again, what? he was a mechanical genius who could actually successfully test every experiment, regardless of chemistry, biology, physics, that was coming across the Royal Society's desks. He could test all of them. But also he was just like really rude to people about it. Mm. Just accusing everybody of plagiarism. So he was never a healthy man. He had insomnia in addition to his headaches. And he was eventually... Maybe that's why he had headaches. ...diagnosed with Schuerman's kyphosis. Probably saying that wrong, but it's a type of spinal deformity that gave him a crooked body and an overly arched head. Wow. Oh. Uh, scoliosis. Died. Yeah. Yes, but that's what they could have just called it scoliosis. They could have just called it scoliosis. But they called it some weird... Because it's 1600s of it yeah. all. So in 1703, he died in London after being bedridden for over a year. Oh. They found a chest containing over 8,000 pounds of cash in his room at Gresham College, along with a library <laughs> of over 3,000 books. Now you know he, what was weird? Hmm, I'll say right what? now. When you said chest, I thought you meant they cracked open his chest. 
And he had cash inside. No, I was he, like, what? Maybe no, that's why he had headaches. Maybe he had headaches because he has all this money in his chest. No, he, he had a like a wooden chest okay. like, in his room that he just kept tons and tons of cash in because he wasn't spending it on anything. Wow, he never that's crazy. married. I thought yeah. he would like invest that back into his no, stuff. He just he just he just kept it. He just hoarded his money. Okay. But he's he, dead now, right? Yeah, now at seventeen oh three he's dead. Okay, so where's but, the beef between him we're, and we're gonna get to him because we're gonna talk about Newton as well. No. So he ended up being buried in an unmarked grave. Oh, like Mozart. Yeah. So pile. Throw some let's talk about it. Sir Isaac Newton for a little bit. I hope you've heard of him. Apple he, did not fall on his head. That's no, fake. That's all fake. It's all that's real. Not at all. It's real. Yeah. So Isaac Newton is one of the most influential scientists in history. He was born in 1642. So he's younger than Hook. He is younger than Hook. By seven Manor years. In Lincolnshire. And his father was also named Isaac Newton. But his father died three months prior to his birth. Oh, so, so Isaac you didn't Newton, see him born. No, I didn't see him born. And Isaac Newton was a premature baby. He was tiny. Oh. Uh, his mother, Hannah Ascoff, remarried a man named Reverend Barnabas Smith when Isaac was only three years old. And Hannah moved away to be with Barnabas and left Isaac with his grandmother, Marjorie, his maternal grandmother. And so his grandmother had to raise him while Hannah Smith abandoned him. Oh. She went on to have three kids with her husband, Barnabas, Barnabas uh, Mary Benjamin, and Hannah were their names. So he had all these half sisters. And Isaac and never liked his stepfather. Uh, one of the things his stepfather did, since he was a reverend, was to force Isaac to sit down and write all the sins that he committed oh, every time he came to visit. That's fun. And one of the sins he admitted to was threatening my father and mother Smith to burn them and the house over them. Whoa. So he hated his stepfather. So from ages 12 to 17, Newton attended King's School in Grantham, where he learned Latin and Ancient Greek and, of course, mathematics. Mm -hmm. In 1659, after being widowed again, Newton's mother removed him from the school and forced him to become a farmer. Yeah! Yeah! Like, we're going to pull you out of school and you can do farming for us because I need you to work. Happens. He did not like that. Happens. The headmaster of the King's School, Henry Stokes, persuaded Hannah to send Newton back to school where he became a top-ranked student and he spent most of his time building sundials and models of windmills just because he... Was he Dutch? I don't know. He wasn't Dutch, No, right? he wasn't. He was, he was in So I think of windmills, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Dutch has windmills. Windmill capital of the world. In 1661, Newton was admitted to Trinity College at the University of Cambridge. Okay. So right next, nearby. I went to Cambridge. I went to Cambridge. So well, Newton worked as a sort of. valet to pay his tuition because, again, his mom wasn't paying for anything. What do you valet back in those days? That you help people get dressed that's what a valet That's does? what a valet did. That's when you have... Not drive your car? A, no, that's when a grown man needs another grown man to help him get dressed. That's gross. Isn't that weird? I thought butlers did like, that. Is that a butler, basically? But you're not a butler. No, a butler always... oversees the kitchen and so, answers the door so and makes just, sure the house so is So the clean. valet is just the one that gets you valet dressed. Valet is just the one who's in charge of all... Because you're too damn lazy to put your own clothes on. Well, he's also in charge of making sure your clothes get cleaned and ironed and that you pack the right clothing for your so trips. So he's like the person in, in charge of the laundry. Yeah, pretty much. That's it. Yeah. Did they get paid well? Probably I, not, right? I don't know. I have to look that up. I think a butler makes more than a valet. Oh. I don't know for sure. But you do less work, though. But it's probably but weird, it's though. But it's stupid to have Back in the 1600s, I don't know if you want to dress somebody in the 1600s. It probably doesn't smell <laughs> too good. So he eventually received a scholarship and uh, was able to not have to be a valet anymore. Okay, cool. So Cambridge curriculum focused on classical philosophy like Aristotle, but Newton also spent a lot of time studying Galileo Galilei, Rene Descartes, and Thomas Street. We always say Galileo, but his last name was always Galilee, right? Yeah. But we always say Galileo like we did. Like, well, that's, that's not a very common first name. Like if I say Rene, you don't know which Rene I'm talking about. You wouldn't know I mean Descartes. 
No. No. I was thinking of Rene Russo, the actor. Yeah. <laughs> so, in 1665, Newton discovered the generalized binomial theorem. So, by August of 1665, Cambridge had temporarily closed because of plague! The Great Plague was hitting London, and so all of the colleges closed, and so Newton spent about a year and a half to two years sitting in isolation where he literally invented calculus. I hate you. <laughs> Why? I don't know calculus. Because I spent my whole plague years making sourdough. I guess. Yeah, that's what I did during my plague time, during my COVID isolation. I like my sourdough. You just left the guy on the counter and it bubbled, and you're not supposed to that's do that. That's what you're supposed to do. That's nope. how you do sourdough. Up the house. It's like, got to grow. Yes, smells like it smells like sourdough. <laughs> <laughs> Eric hates sourdough. I, I don't like hate sourdough. Sourdough's good. You know what? You guys weigh in on sourdough. That's, that's sourdough the question is for this good. podcast. I like sourdough. I like bread. going to Cracker Barrel and getting sourdough bread as a toast. That's yeah, but you good. don't like the smelling it when it's being made. No, because it smells like farts. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's bubbly dough that, yes. that farts. It's the live yeast. In, or burps. So, yeah. Way. So Newton's graduation year was also during the plague. So oh, he graduated wow. in 1665, and everybody was locked up and couldn't go anywhere, and it was super depressing. So all of you, so COVID everybody graduates, went to school to like 27 for some reason. Yeah, pretty much. That's a long time. Are they getting doctorates? Is that what it is, or are they just what kind of degrees? So he spent his isolation time in addition to inventing calculus. He also studied optics and gravitation, and as I said, developed the binomial theorem. You didn't answer my question. What was your question? Was it farts? No. <laughs> I don't know why sourdough smells like farts. Stop it just asking does. me. I think it has to do with the yeast. It's probably the it. yeast interacting with the flour. Yeah, but I was gonna say is um, was that normal? Are these? Do they? Is this? Yes, this going, is normal. Are they getting doctorates? Yes, they okay. are. That's they're, what it they're is. They're getting okay. advanced degrees. They are getting That's why they're twenty degrees. late twenties yes. when they get it. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was like a bachelor's. Like you're getting taking no. a long time for them to get their. No, bachelor's. they're getting advanced degrees. They're geniuses. These are geniuses that want to of work their time, Heather. Yes. There's geniuses of their time. Also, Newton is a genius. Uh, debatable yeah okay i don't know who you're debating that with but okay in april of 1667 newton returned to cambridge to work and in october he was elected as a fellow at trinity the previous year fellows were required to take holy orders and be ordained as anglican priests but newton didn't like that he disagreed with a lot of the church teachings nowadays he would be referred to as a deist he believed in god but he did not believe in the bible Mm. He did not believe in any of what religious scholars were teaching, probably because of his stepdad. Okay, That's just that my sense. theory. That's just my theory. I don't have any proof of that. He's got daddy issues, so he hates all well, religion. Yeah, he, his mom abandoned him to go marry a reverend who made him sit around and write down all of his sins. So yeah, maybe he doesn't like that. Nah. Fortunately, the orientation was not enforced during the restoration years. So after the Great London Fire, apparently everybody was super busy and just didn't feel like enforcing people taking this religious order okay like if you could do your job just show up and do your work we've all got stuff to do so newton asserted that he would not take the order but he also would conform to all the rules of the church it's like you need me to go to the church services and sit there silently i will okay i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make any waves but also just leave me alone okay so he never married and he was also known for being really, really petty and difficult. This is Newton. Newton, yeah. He did all of his best work alone. Seems like they, uh, the other two guys would get along then, but apparently yeah, not. Yeah, but... Let's get started with the feud. Let's get started with the feud. So in 1671, so not long after Newton had graduated, but after These the restoration... These guys are in their 30s. Yes. No. What's no, his face? 29. Yeah. What's his face is in his 30s. Yeah. Newton was a young scientist. Yeah. And he sent a copy of his telescope to the Royal Society... And he was invited to give a lecture about the about colors and his prism experiment. Okay. So he had been involved in splitting white light using a prism and then wrapping it, and the results was a spectrum around Roy itself, G. which is the invention of the color wheel. Yes. 
Newton invented the color wheel. After arriving, he learned that Hook had been spreading some rumors. Of course he did. Namely, that Hook himself had developed a similar but smaller and more powerful telescope than Newton's, and that Hook's experiment had shown that the colors produced by a prism were a property of the prism itself, mm. not of the light, making Newton's theory on light incorrect. So Newton Is was... that true? Or is Hook wrong? I can't remember. N Newton had some flaws in his optical theories. Oh, okay. Uh, so the prism, but the, I thought nowadays light... we know that light performs both as a particle and a wave. Okay. It's a particle wave phenomenon that's very popular in quantum mechanics. It is unique to light, and it is absolutely wonderful and beautiful to read about. Newton had assumed that light only formed as a particle, uh, so he put down the properties being similar to what you would see in particulate matter. Okay, but Hook was but Hook's like ah. But it was like your experiments are wrong. Um, so. Yeah, riddled with self-doubt, Newton decided not to publish the book that he had written on optics. Oh. He had already finished writing it, but he decided, like, I'm just going to table that. And, yeah, so we now also know that Hook did attempt to build a telescope after seeing Newton's design, but failed to improve upon the design. Aha! So he got him. Hook claimed that he had built it first and made it better. What? But that was all lies. Yeah. Hook couldn't even reproduce it. Cool. So, yeah. So he was caught in a lie. So even today, modern telescopes still use Newton's reflector design that has a parabolic mirror on one end and an additional mirror near the eyepiece set at a 45 degree angle so that you can sit and look through a telescope instead of having to hold up and lift your telescope to your eyeball like Galileo had to. Ah. So that that's all still based on Newton's design. So we still haven't improved it. Have you looked through a giant telescope before? Yes. I have too. Yeah. And it sucked because it was astronomy class. Mm -hmm. And we're supposed to be able to tell, like, the colors of the stars. Mm -hmm. They all look the same to me. Mm. So I don't know why it's like... Maybe you're colorblind. No. <laughs> I don't think... I, no, because I, I can not. see... No, because I see colors. Okay. But I could not tell, like... How would you know? What do you mean, how would I know? <laughs> how do you know? It's like, what color Somebody do you says think that you that's are? Great. <laughs> what, do you what color do you, do you think this is? It's like, the shoes are brown. All right, so... <laughs> let's see. Adding to Newton's trouble was the fact that he really sucked at teaching. Newton sucks at teaching? Newton sucked at teaching. He was terrible at it. But Hook was a lecturer, so he does that. Hook teach. was a lecturer, and he was a pretty good teacher. So in 1669, like they don't. He, or is that the students that don't like him as well? Uh, anybody who wanted anything published or to give a lecture didn't like him because that stunt that he pulled with Newton, he did it to a lot of people. Okay. That, that whole, you're a plagiarist, you suck, I've developed this first. He did it to almost everybody. I'm laughing because yeah. we talked about reanimator. He goes, plagiarist! Plagiarist! As he stabbed after he <laughs> killed the guy with a shovel, and then like... Took his head off. <laughs> so in 1669, Newton was made a Lucinian lecture professor of mathematics at Cambridge, and he wrote 97 lectures on algebra, developing Dang. the entire curriculum all by himself. However, he completely refused to adjust to the audience's understanding, take any form of interruption, or answer any questions. So he was just going to stand so up there and talk? He was going to stand up there and talk and about what he found fascinating about algebra. And done. And don't interrupt him. And shut up, students. And if you don't get it, that's your fault, not mine. Yeah. So Ooh, he was. That's not a good teacher. That's not a good teacher. That's not how you teach people things. You no. adjust to the person that you're know teaching. Know your audience. Know your audience. So his inability to progress at all in his career at Cambridge, paired with all of the criticisms that he received from Hook regarding his optics work, he decided he was just going to work in isolation and never work with anyone. So sad. So he kept most of his Imagine what he could have done if he worked with other people. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm good by no, myself. No, I'm just going to leave, leave me alone. I'm leave me alone. Myself. I don't want to be judged. I can't handle somebody saying they don't like my work. Hook was working and amassing a great deal of wealth, and he was publishing a lot of stuff. He published some theories and ideas in 1606 entitled On Gravity, in which he described, this is a quote, 
inflection of direct motion into a curve by a supervening attractive principle. So that was one of his theories. I have no idea what that means. It means that things are attracted to each other. There's some principle. No, gravity. Which is some kind of magnetism. (laughs) No. What? It's not? No, you need a magnet for magnetism. Then what is gravity? It's a universal force. Oh, it's just forces then. Okay. Without magnets. So in 1674... Uh, he published more on gravity, stating the reciprocal attraction between the sun and the planets <laughs> is inversely proportional to the distance of the bodies. Together with this principle of linear inertia, however, he stated that, and this is another quote, mm-hmm. I have not yet experimentally verified, having myself many other things in hand, which I would first complete. Therefore, I cannot so well attend it. I heard you say moron gravity, and I thought you meant moron gravity. <laughs> yeah, you're a moron with gravity. Yep. <laughs> I was like, moron gravity. Moron gravity. And I was like, that sounds cool. And I was like, oh, you meant That's more on space on gravity. gravity. Yes, I'm talking about more not on more, not gravity. Not moron gravity. So, hook- Is that a thing? Morons, yes. Yes, yes morons, <laughs> yes, are, morons a are a thing. Married one. No, I'm talking about like, I'm talking about like, no, it's probably not. Because it's stupid gravity. There's a stupid something. You're, there's lots of stupid things. Weak okay. gravity. I think a weak, weaker force. You're probably force. thinking weak and strong forces. But yeah, which is dumb. Basically, Hook was saying, I believe there is an inverse proportional relationship to how bodies are attracted. That's oh, I know where correct. this is going. That's correct. But he's like, but I don't have time to verify it right now. And I don't have time to do the experiments. I'm super busy. I'm reconstructing London and I'm stealing everybody's work. So everybody leave me alone. This is like almost, what is this? Laws of, his laws of, uh, Newton's laws, laws of, of motion. motion. Right. Yeah. Newton's, Newton's laws of motion. Yeah, not yes. Hooks. <laughs> so not hooks. in 1679, uh, Hook was placed in charge of all correspondences for the Royal Society. Did he try to steal it? He, he demanded to hear about all of the research that every member was doing, even if it's in secret, Newton. So he specifically cornered Newton and asked him to tell him what he thought about celestial motion of the planets and motion between bodies. And Newton just made a passing suggestion about studying falling objects. Nobody puts baby in a corner. (laughs) So this caused Hook to reach the conclusion that the attraction is always in a duplicate proportion. Again, this is another quote. That the attraction is always in a duplicate proportion to the distance from the center of the reciprocal, and consequently, that the velocity will be the subduplicate portions to the attraction, and consequently, as Kepler supposes, reciprocal to the distance. Put that in layman's terms. Uh, all my physics peeps out there know that Hook just made a mistake. Oh, Ooh, I don't know, totally I don't know wrong peep. about the velocity. Oh, was no, it? he was wrong. The velocity is not. It's the distance and the force of attraction. And it has to do with the acceleration. Yeah, F ma. F ma. I learned that. F ma. In physics. F equals For, ma. Yep. Force yeah. equals mass times acceleration. So. Boom. Still remember that. The we're talking about the planetary motions law, the universal law of gravity. So I'm wrong. So that's a different one. Dang well, that it's... is one of Newton's laws, oh. and we're going to talk about that a little bit. But also, it's not the velocity. Hook was wrong about that. Okay. But he was right in signing Kepler because this is all from Kepler's brain. So. That's, that's Kepler from the famous astronomer? Yes. Yeah. Famous astronomer, dude. Did he work with Copernicus? Uh, or is he No, older? I thought they were different time periods. Yeah, because it's but... Copernicus and it was Johann Kepler, right? Yeah. In 1684, Edmund Halley, as in Halley's Comet, Halley. As when does it come around? Tracked the movement of both Mars and Venus, Halley. So Edmund Halley. Seventy seventy six years, right? Was visiting all the great coffee houses in London so he could chat with the who's who in science. So that's why I'm having coffee. 
we don't have a snack today. I'm just having a cup of coffee because Haley liked to visit coffee houses and buy. That's your that's your tie-in. That that's was my. It. T- it's weak. It's a weak <laughs> tie-in. Weak. It's weaker than my coffee. We could have said so... <laughs> we could have like a English breakfast or something like that from where these people were from. Yeah. No. Oh well. No, I don't want. We could have bought English muffins, which I don't really like. I don't guys. like English muffins. English that much. muffins are not great. They're just so like Edmund Haley likes to sit and chat with great scientific minds, and he liked to do it at coffee houses. And he liked to buy the coffee for people and just have like a relaxed chat with so people. So that's like think tanks. People yeah, do basically, it was like a low key think tank. Let's, let's get together. Let's talk so about he's coffee, sitting around, smoke cigarettes with Hook and Wren again. Christopher Wren, the architect, and mm-hmm. Hook, his friend, the genius mechanic. And Haley asked, "What path an object may take if you assumed the attraction was an inverse square? That is, if you half the distance between them, the force of attraction would be four times as much." And Hook said. I already know the answer. And Ren, having now dealt with Hook for many, many, many years, said, Bullshit. <laughs> I will give you 40 shillings if you can explain it to us right oh, now. Oh, because he knows he's like, you wouldn't be able like, to Like, yeah, yeah. And, How much and is 40 Hook shillings a lot, right? couldn't. That's a like, lot. Like, it doesn't even matter if it's a lot or not. Like, he knew Hook couldn't lot. do it. He's 40 like, is a lot. buddy, I will bet you if you can do it, I will give you the cash right now. And Hook was like, uh, shut up, Ren. So the three men agreed that if anybody could prove it, it would be Newton. Yep. So Haley went and he visited Newton's apartment in Cambridge. And Newton's like, oh, it's an ellipse. What? And Haley was like, can you can you prove that? Yep. And Newton was like, yeah, I did it during the plague years. I did it when I was locked up during our 1665, 1666 plague years before the Great Fire. Was like 10 years ago? Because it's 1684 yeah. now? Yeah, it's 1684 now. It was way earlier. Yeah. Like 20 so years ago. He's like, okay, do you still have that work? And he says, yeah, it's in here somewhere. But keep in mind, this was like 18 years ago, and um, Newton was a slob. No, no, someone Newton, just grabbed Newton, it, picked it up. Newton was working all by himself in his apartments, day and night. Thousands he had and thousands of pages, and stacks and stacks of papers, ramblings of a madman. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of the work they found it in the 1930s. They they thought they lost it, and then they found oh, it in okay. the 1930s, and they're like, "Wow, a lot of this is just him trying to figure out." The Bible. Yeah, so he's rambling. So he's rants. just rambling and ranting and, you know, not doing a lot of experiments. But his... He's a genius. Sometimes it happens yes, to him. Yes, sometimes they go insane, especially when they keep themselves isolated for decades. He'd been working in isolation and he mostly reworked a lot of Boyle's experiments. Some have suggested that he might have been trying to prove Hook was a plagiarist. Like he might have been trying to who find... Was, who was trying to prove their plagiarist? Newton, Newton, was trying Newton to might have been trying to prove that Hook sucked at something. So he was trying to recreate a lot of Boyle's oh, experiments okay. and, you know, and also oh. dissecting biblical works. And yeah, so Newton basically says, you know what? Uh, I don't have it right now. I'll go find it. So a few months later, Haley receives a stack of papers in the mail from Newton entitled On the Motion of Bodies in Orbit. Newton found his previous notes and then he updated them using Picard's measurement for the radius of the Earth, which was discovered in 1670. Not that Picard, you guys. No, not I wish not it was that Picard. And also using <laughs> Romer's speed of light calculations, which was done in 1676. And recognizing that this was an entirely original mathematical approach that was of immense importance, Haley insisted that Newton publish these ideas. Okay. Okay. So over the next few years, Newton wrote and wrote and perfected and wrote some more and self-checked and rechecked. And he eventually came up with Philosophy Naturalis Principia Mathematica, or Principia for short. The final book was finally published in July 5th of 1687, 
and can, in its very simplest form, mm-hmm. contained 550 pages. That's a lot of pages. It's a lot of pages. It's That's broken like a into half a Stephen King novel. Three sections, which are now known as Newton's Three Laws of Motion. Which are Which, one. Yeah. <laughs> Objects in motion tend to stay in motion. Okay. What's two? That's the law of inertia. Is that the one? F equals MA. Okay. What's three? That for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So it's broken into three sections based on his three laws. But Newton insisted that the book only be published in Latin to limit the number of people who are able to read it. Yes. Yeah. Because he was afraid of being criticized. He was so afraid of being criticized that he had insisted that it be published in Latin. So that only people that knew how to read Latin. Only the year that he died did he agree to have it be published in English. Oh. So he waited. Before that other dude died? He he died after. Oh, he died after? So, interestingly, the Royal Society of London, which, again, still doesn't have regular funding. uh, To this day? Or just during this this time? At this point. Okay, I was like, what? Decided that Newton's previous work had been so underwhelming up to this point that they just weren't going to publish Principia. Oh. You know who published it? The other guy? Haley. Haley. That's what I was thinking of. Haley? Uh, Haley was, had received a great deal of wealth after his dad was murdered. What? And I want to so know about that. And so he decided, yeah. <laughs> Haley's a whole different <laughs> different podcast episode, but he he's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to publish this book. And we are so glad that he did. I don't think we're going to live to see the next Haley's. Co- oh, you might. You think I'm going to outlive you that, that much? I mean, well, the, it's every 75 years. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the last one was, was it, uh, when was, when was 1910? Because 1835 was when Mark Twain was born. He died in 1910, the same year that it was coming came by. Mm-hmm. So 75 years later, 1985. Yeah. So 85 again. What is that? Okay, so 50? 20, 60? 2060? 2060. I don't think I'll live to be You're 2060. You're going to make it to 2060? 77? That's pretty old. I don't know. All right. So. Haley's mm-hmm. Comet's cool, though. Yeah. Originally, Newton cited uh, discoveries to many scientists, including Kepler and Descartes and Hooke, in his contributions. So he did cite these people. Descartes. Descartes. He he needed to cite Descartes because Descartes had literally almost written Newton's Three Laws, but not quite. But Mm. he was a French philosopher and focused a lot on religion. And he is also the inventor of the Cartesian coordinate system. So your XY plane that you use for graphing, thank Descartes for that one. However. Wrapping. What? Graphene. Graphene. I said graphene. So you said rapping. I was like rapping. So Hook heard about this and said, not good enough. He wanted an author credit. Hook requested that Newton publicly acknowledge Hook's priority in discovering the inverse square relation for gravitational attraction. That's because Hook was correct though, right? Well, he had said that there was an inverse proportional relation, but he didn't say an inverse square. Oh, okay. And he didn't prove it. Remember, he said that he couldn't do the experiment because he had too much stuff going on. And so so Hook said, I want you to admit that this was my idea. Which Newton won't do that. you're just the monkey that typed it up. Newton won't do that. Yeah. So after hearing this request, not only did Newton not do it, he actually removed almost every reference to Hook. Oh! He's like, I had cited your research in this, but you know what? Delete. Don't need that. You can't do that now. Yeah. You you still can't do that. (laughs) So... Newton is quoted as saying, he, Hook, knew not how to go about it. Now, is not this very fine? Mathematicians that find out, settle, and do all the business must content themselves with being nothing but dry calculators and drudges, and another that does nothing but pretend and grasp at all things must carry away all the invention, as well as those who were to follow him as of those who went before. 
So Hook, so Newton is basically saying Hook treats people who actually do the experiments like they're nothing, and it completely ignores all the people who did the work before him and all the people who do the work after him. He, he's accusing Hook of being selfish and petty. Mm. So Hook was mentioned, but only along with Wren and Haley in Principia as people who helped Newton refocus on studying the planets. Yeah, that's it. That's That was the only mention of Hook. Was, that was it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, these three guys, Hook, Wren, and Haley, all uh, refocused my energies on planetary motion. That's it. That's all they did. At this point, Hook continued his work as curator. He did not get any kind of author credit, but he did his work as a curator for the Royal Society until he died in 1703. Mm. In the meantime, Newton had developed a new feud with a German mathematician named Gottfried Leibniz, who claimed to have also developed the mathematical approach that Newton had used first. So Leibniz is not claiming that he applied it to planetary motion. He is saying that calculus thing that you invented, I invented it. Mm. Yeah. Leibniz had divided a calculating machine based on Pascal's device and did present the machine to the Royal Society in London, where Hook claimed to have made it first. He did not know. <laughs> You know, he didn't. Hook was lying. He was pulling the exact same stunt with Leibniz that he did with Newton. Yes, anytime anybody showed up and said, look at this thing I invented, Hook was like, that's mine. So, yeah, that's that was Hook right there. Okay. So um, Leibniz did work on a binary system to aid in computation. Keep in mind that this was 250 years. Yes, 250 years before computers were invented. Leibniz was inventing computer programming at its most basic level. Well, that's, that does everything now, apparently. He said he published his work on calculus in 1684 and accused Newton of spying on him. Uh, they both wrote each other advanced mathematical questions and challenged the other person to solve it and then eventually realized that they're just both two geniuses who hadn't seen each other's work and just kind of developed a similar concept. Yeah. Yeah. That happens, you guys. It happens. It's not often, but it does happen. So they Happens agreed all the time. that they both invented calculus separately and ended up having mutual respect. Now, That's the cool. calculus you're learning in school is actually Leibniz's system because it is a lot more user-friendly than yours. That's awesome. Newton's symbols were way more abstract. Leibniz had kind of a systematic Did he do approach. Cosine and all that stuff? No, that's trig, not calculus. You're, you married you're, an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You don't need to know They that. learned it on pre-cal. Yeah. Is pre-calculus trigonometry and something else there? Yes. That's stupid, too. Okay. They'll call it pre-calculus if you're not learning calculus. Okay. Also, they should really teach calculus before they teach physics. I hate that we turn teach physics before we teach calculus. Oh, yeah. Physics, physics like, makes so much more sense after in like, calculus. In like junior year, but I didn't have pre-cal until my senior year. All right. So after the publication of Principia, Newton continued gaining a lot of accolades and respect, and he waited to publish his book Optics until... 1703. After the, he died. Yeah, right after Hook died. Like, mm. literally, Hook's dead. Ha-ha! And Newton's, like, turning in his book on optics to get it published. So they want him stealing it. And being he didn't like, want him accusing him I of did plagiarism. It. I did it. Hook, he, Newton was afraid that Hook would make fun of him again. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, Newton hid from any kind of presentation or publication because of Hook. Wow. So. PTSD. Yeah, well, it's sad. you got to have a thicker skin if you're going to do great things. Because people are going to try to drag you down. Yeah. So, Jacques Cousteau said that line. Um, Newton one. did eventually become Cambridge University's member of parliament for eight years and then became the warden of the Royal Mint after that. That sounds cool. Yeah. When Hook died in 1703, Newton was offered presidency of the Royal Society. Did he take it? He did. Yeah. And he was knighted by Queen Anne at Trinity College. He cool. was the very first scientist to ever be knighted. Cool. 
lot That's of people why he's say, Sir Isaac Newton. Yeah, Sir Isaac Newton. Is he the only one? I don't know a whole lot of. I know he was definitely the first. I don't know a whole lot of. But a lot of people say that she only knighted him because of political reasons and election. There was like a parliamentary election coming up, but still, he uh, he was the first scientist ever to be knighted by the Queen. Another scientist with the third, right? So in 1710, Newton supervised the Royal Society's move from Gresham College to Crane Court on Fleet Street, and during that move, somehow, all pictures of Robert Hooke disappeared oh that is why we don't have any images you asked about it like like, is there a picture are there paintings of him it's like there were like all of the curators maybe maybe i remember that because you told me this like a decade or two ago but yeah it's like no they lost they lost them somehow nobody else nobody else every other portrait made it just were actually destroyed or were they put somewhere and we're gonna find them someday i don't know i kind of hope we find them someday because they had lost all of Hook's personal diaries and a lot of Newton's rambling writings as well. Oh, man. And then they found them in 1930. And I'm wondering if Newton did that on purpose. I'm wondering if he realized his writing ramblings were stupid and, and so hid, hid them. Him. But then he would, also have probably, hid... he would have hid Hook's stuff over there, too. Yeah, but he did hide Hook's stuff. No, I mean, it together. was all discovered together. Yes, together. they were all discovered together. But they don't have any paintings of Hook's. They didn't know the paintings weren't. Well, these were just papers, these were like small journals. I'm that they about, discovered, but they didn't find the paint, so they wouldn't hide the paintings and the journals in the same place. They're different sizes. Mm. What if you just boarded them up in a wall? Yeah, or what if he just took them home and threw a bunch of darts at them and then destroyed them? I said, what if we, I wanted him not to destroy them? I know, you want to figure out what Hook looks like. Cause he, yes, he well, I want to find it, and I want to get like a billion dollars for finding <laughs> a photo of the dude. Um, unfortunately, when they did read Hook's diaries, he might have been a pedophile. Oh, no. Like, it's not certain there was never any complaint or case against him, but he definitely wrote some really inappropriate stuff about his niece. Oh, gross. When, he, when his niece was staying with her. So he, gross. It, it was kind of a very telling discovery in the 1930s that these two genius scientists uh, sucked yeah, sometimes. They were, were, were people. They were, they're really petty. Like, weird people, petty people. So yes, if you go to the Wikipedia page for Hook, for Robert Hook, there is a picture what? Entitled A Portrait of a Mathematician but by Mary him. Beale but not him. in 1680. It might be him, but it might him. be Isaac Barrow. What does Isaac Barrow look like? I don't know. So. Do they have, yeah, they have, it's like, <laughs> Do you have me, a comparative yeah, picture of Isaac, Isaac, Isaac Barrow? And it was like, I can tell you right off the bat, it's like, like is no. it that? That's him. Okay. But then we can go to the hook image. I mean, like, that's, just, that's the same damn photo. Well, no, because it's a painting. So, I know what I mean. You know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, no. Oh, that is totally the same guy. That's Barrow. You that's, think that's Barrow. That's Barrow. That's a painting of Barrow. Yeah, that's a painting of Barrow. Yeah, but a lot of people said in the painting, uh, Mary Beale's painting, the mathematician that's be- that the image is of is hunched over a desk. And, and who had scoliosis? Who had scoliosis? Hook had scoliosis. Okay. And an abnormally large head and was awkward looking <laughs> and apparently always angry and really, really petty. Oh, I can see that in the last photo. Yeah. Okay. But also, Barrow was a mathematician and could have just been sitting hunched over a desk. Like, you've seen me doing math work, and, and, like, and hey, I, I turn into I'm some weird little math monkey person doing all this math. And, yeah. over here, ringing bells. Yep, just ringing bells my whole life. So, yes, that is the petty, petty relationship between Isaac Newton and Robert Hooke. That's cool to learn. Yeah. That's a, I didn't know that. Isn't I like it the, weird how... I like the photos, or the pictures, paintings. Yeah, isn't it bizarre? All peas. All peas. Yep. No, we gotta go. We gotta go to Trinity College and find the paintings. Trinity College is all part of Oxford, right? Yes. Trinity College, Christ Church, Christ Church is part of it, and Gresham College is part of it. Too many. Yeah, it's you can get lost. Yeah. 
I would like to visit Oxford, though. Yeah, it sounds cool. Okay, so that is my little favorite feud. All right. With mathematicians, with of course. With mathematicians. And then, well, scientists. Yes. I don't really, I don't know. Well, one was a mathematician. <laughs> the other guy was just like a liar. Well, I mean, they're back in those days. You, you had to be like everything, right? You they're, had to be like, I got to be a mathematician. Scholars. scholars. They're scholars. Because they, they, they're, they're white people that could go to school. Yeah. Is what it was. They, they had money to go to school. Or they... Or no, somehow got to go to school. Actually, neither of these guys had money. How did they get into school? They were geniuses. Because everything's free back then? No, Okay. Hook got into school because his dad died and he got an inheritance. Oh, that's true. And then Newton got into school because the head of the school had, well, his mom didn't want him. But then when she was a widow again, she wanted him to come be a farmer. And the head of the school was like, nah, don't don't waste this kid on farming. Okay. So that's, that was Stokes. Stokes. Stokes also might have stolen a discovery. What did he steal? Stokes Law. What do I know Stokes Law? Because I talk about it. What is Stokes Law? Uh, it's, it's it has to do with integration over multiple planes, but oh, I lost me. <laughs> okay. But basically, he had posed a question to a group of students as part of an exam. Yeah, and then he suddenly made the discovery after creating those exams. Oh, of what how to solve it. epiphany! So it might have been a student who did it, what? and he just stole it. So he, maybe. so he, so he, put, maybe he put, or maybe a, not a, a question that he was trying to solve in a test, and yes. someone. That's pretty sneakiness. Yeah. Pretty well, again, it's like, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe somebody solved it at the exam. Maybe somebody just got close and he had a breakthrough from that. Maybe it was just on his. So everybody's mind. got to document stuff, man. It's yeah, hard. but I mean, no, you don't though. What kind of a teacher would put a question on an exam that they don't know the answer to? It's uh, insane. A lot. Of, what? Yeah. What? I think a lot of like, teachers have done that. Yeah. That's how you find out and then <laughs> stuff gets solved, and you become a millionaire. Have to be a teacher anymore. Because they're going to solve No, they don't, they don't give you any money for solving problems. Well, you got to win a prize. Yeah. Like a Nobel Peace Prize where you get Nobel was a bucks. jerk. Because That's another person in history that sucked. You can talk about that because there's no math. Alfred Nobel there's sucked. There's no math. No, let's, let's no say that for another episode. Okay. Prize. All right. So this has been a lot of fun. Next we week we'll be back together. Learning about Dr. Peace's favorite feud. I guess. Is that your favorite one? It's up there. Uh, I guess. I don't but know too what, many feuds. You have a feud you like better? Family feud. Family feud. With... Ray Combs. You say, I like Aaron Burr and Hamilton. And I say, that's only because of the musical. No, it's because of the old, <laughs> the old <laughs> Got Milk commercial. You remember that there, one? Yes, I do that remember the Got Milk commercial. That was a good one. Who shot Alexander <laughs> Hamilton in that famous show? <laughs> <laughs> he was in hell. <laughs> no, that was a different one. That's a different one. Got Milk had some really great They really did have some fantastic commercials. They had great that's commercials. a weird tangent to land on. Yeah, but, but it was fun. But we, we do yeah. enjoy learning about, I like gossiping about dead people. It's fun. Yeah, because they can't do anything. That's all history is. It's just gossiping about people who died hundreds of years ago and their weird, weird, immature feud. And in case you thought Sir Isaac Newton was a brilliant scientist and Sir Robert Hooke, not Sir, sorry, Dr. Robert Hooke was also a brilliant scientist. Was he a doctor? Yes. Okay. They were both brilliant scientists. They were also petty dudes. Just immature, petty guys. That happens everywhere. That's everywhere. That's all over the place. At least they didn't get their nose chopped off. Like the, was it Rocky? 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 Rocky. Tycho Brahe? Yes, Tycho Brahe. Isn't it spelled with a C? It's weird. Yeah, there's a C <laughs> in it. There is a C in it. I remember. I was like. All right. Well, okay. we will catch you guys next time. Did you guys know that Tycho, that's where that's where the toy company comes from, named after him? Really? I didn't know that. I know. I'm messing with you. So You're true. so weird. But it sounds right. Don't spread lies. Because I think it's spelled T-Y-K-O. We're supposed to be an honest podcast. I'm going to look it up. And if I'm right, oh. Well, actually, next week we are talking about the origins of different things.
That's etymology. I thought yeah, it was etymology. different. Phrases. We don't want to spoil it. I did. That's fine. I'm not going to cut this part out. This is fun. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, see you next week. Peace out.